0: Hey everyone, welcome to The Culture of Truth. This is a podcast that reviews the truth of God's word and discusses the influence it has on our lives and worldview. My name is Jeff Amstutz and today I've got with me my friend Will Hawkins. Hey everyone. We study scripture to understand what it says, grow our understanding of God through it and ultimately change the way we live our lives in obedience. In this episode, we're back in systematic theology to discuss God's communicable attribute of his knowledge. But before we dive into our discussion, let's check in. Will, how has God been working in your life since last episode?
1: Yeah, well, at the time of recording this, it's the beginning of the new year. So I've been doing a lot of thinking and praying on what what my goals are, what kind of things I want to be, you know, trying to engage with next year. And I think God's preparing a big year for me as far as growth. Um, There's something called Steps to Gospel Recovery that our church, The Austin Stone, does. Uh, Many of our friends have done that. So I think I'm going to do that. And that's from February to May. So a couple months. And my wife just talking with her, she said that she's interested in doing it as well. So I think that is huge. I'm so excited for that. And then just later, um, going through systematic theology for a second time with uh, a group and a cohort led by you, Because
0: Will can't say no to me.
1: Yeah. So, (laughs) uh, and then just, you know, all the other, all the other, um, good things that, that I do throughout the year as, as that's already a normal rhythm. So I'm just excited for, for the growth that's going to be happening this year.
0: Heck yeah, man. That's, that's really good. And so encouraging to hear and it's good for us to make our plans and then hold them with an open hand, but those sound like some pretty good plans.
1: Yeah. It's a prayerful planner is kind of like a, a, a phrase that I'm, that I've been using lately. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. And for me, uh, a lot of things happened um, over the holidays that I just felt very blessed by, Um, some nice time off, time with Amy. Uh, I'd say the big one I want to mention is I was just not not having a great day just this past Saturday. It was the day before New Year's and Amy was patient with me all day and we ended up talking about stuff I was kind of going through in my head and stuff like that and she just graciously sat there and listened and helped me work through those things and we came out the other side. uh, okay. And praising the Lord and thankful for each other. And I'm just very thankful. I have the most gracious wife in the world. And I mean, it's one of those stories like you had to be there to really feel how I feel right now. But I'll just say a bad day did not end in explosion. It ended in gen gentleness. I'll say. And, mm. Is, is just incredible. My wife ministered to me really well last week.
1: Mm, ended in gentleness with Amy towards you. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. great. It
0: is, it is fabulous. Um, Yeah, just heart's
1: very full. God, what a blessing. I'll just say that. What a blessing that is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We sat on that couch over there. Mm. Hashed it all out.
1: It's a good couch. That's a great
0: couch. <laughs> it's Amy's couch.
1: <laughs> oh, God's good, man.
0: Yeah. All right, so we're in... Chapter 12 of Systematic Theology, looking at communicable attributes, which simply means God's attributes that we share in. Um, Now, these aren't hard and fast rules for what's incommunicable and what's communicable, but today we're going to look at God's knowledge. And so this is uh, the beginning of the mental attributes, um, specifically attribute three in chapter 12. And his knowledge uh, is defined by Wayne Grudem as God's knowledge means that God fully knows himself and all things actual and possible in one simple and eternal act. And that phrasing can, of course, sound a little odd, but it's, of course, packed with intention. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so let's just kind of maybe go through that a little bit. The God's knowledge, we're talking about what he knows. And he fully knows himself. And that is actually itself interesting because God's infinite and only an infinite being could really understand an infinite being. And when we think about us sharing in that, that like we don't really fully know ourselves, but we know God fully knows himself. And then he knows all things actual. So he knows everything that's actually happening in creation. Nothing is nothing gets by him. He understands and sees it all. And then also possible. So there's things that uh, there's a few passages that pop up that talk about God knows what would have happened if a different choice got made Mm -hmm. or if a different thing happened. So like he even has arguably we'll call the imagination of things could be different than what he happened to choose. And um, that doesn't make it uh, that he like didn't intend the things he did choose. It just means there's actually more purpose in it. Um, So he knows all things actual and possible, and then in one simple and eternal act, it's phrased that way uh, because uh, on 192, uh, he mentions that simple doesn't mean dumb. Simple means indivisible. So when it says in scripture that God knows how many grains of of sand there are on the shore, it's not because he has to you know, go and and start counting and then he adds them all up and kind of like there's the step-by-step process. He just Mm -hmm. knows it's simple. It's indivisible. It's just, he just knows all. Uh, And it's eternal that it's not bound to time. His knowledge is perfect of the entirety of time before time even started. So that was, that's a really big unpacking of the definition of God's knowledge, but encourage you if you're listening to this to read uh, along with us as we had read these sections prior to recording but I think there's two questions we get to ask ourselves to get our discussion going. The first being will how does this attribute of God's knowledge how is it imparted to us?
1: Yeah the in thinking about this and just from reading my takeaways on as far as how we relate and how we I, how it's imparted to us is we know God, we know about God's creation we know about ourselves, we know about others. Um, and then we know the outcome of our action of what our actions will be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and to even think about that with other creatures, you know, that other creatures maybe get some kind of a taste of some of those things. Like, you know, clearly creatures to like eat have to know there's actual food, you know, there, there's, there's some kind of component of this, but only humans can say we share in all of those things.
1: Yeah. And everything I listed, listed is to some extent. Yeah. Right. Not fully. We don't fully know God, but that's where his grace is. And that's what we're talking about is he's sharing that with us. Yeah. Um, allowing us to know him, allowing us to, to learn about his creation and grow in that understanding. Um, and then also about ourselves, others, et cetera.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and an interesting part of knowledge, I think it relates, uh, to how we think about relationships, uh, yep. I don't know if we've talked, I think I've talked about this on on this show before, but I think the the idea of knowledge is inherently tied to how you relate to another person. So like when you go on a date, mm. what is the primary thing that you're going to do with that other person?
1: Uh, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Try to get to know them.
0: You're going to literally know them. Yeah, Getting to know someone is basically the main aspect of relationship. That's the core thing. Mm-hmm. And so... God revealing himself to us, you know, remember back to epistemology and all that stuff we did like our first episodes, God's the one who's saying, I know me, but I want you to know me Hmm. and that's knowledge. That's him imparting knowledge.
1: And there's relationship there. I love that you, you brought that up. I hadn't really thought of it that way. Yeah. But yeah, because he can imparts that knowledge to us and allows us to know things, he by that truth, we can get to know him, which means there's a relationship there.
0: Yeah. 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 Love
1: that. And then relationship with other people because we're able to learn about other people as well.
0: For sure. So and th- that's and, great. And that's a fascinating part, like going back to spirituality uh, a couple of weeks ago that, you know, that knowledge of there is spirit in people as image bearers is actually what causes us to be compelled to see them as as that. It's like your your awareness of people's spiritual life is the very thing that then directs you to pursue that just as God pursues us as spiritual beings. And so, yeah, that, that really, it's very much intertwined. Um, yeah, so it's imparted to us. We get to experience all those things, but here's the, the real kicker is how does it impact us? Cause just knowing stuff is one thing, but like, how does it change your life to know that you can know God, know things that are actual impossible,
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could speak for myself. I think we all might have a different answer for this, but I think just simply there's, and Wayne Grudem talks about this as well, um, specifically on his podcast, but uh, there's a sense of security there because, because he knows everything. He knows all, all things, past, present, future. He knows us, the, the hairs on our head. He knows everything that we're going to do. He knows our thoughts before we even say them. All of that, Um, when you, when you really think about it, it's, I don't have, I don't have to hide anything from him and he knows all the things I've done, but yet he still cares for me and still seeks me and and wants that relationship with me. Uh, I'm, I'm completely known by him and completely accepted by him. And that gives me a security.
0: Yeah. And And I fully agree with all that when I think about my relationship to God and who he is, Honestly, knowing is such a huge part of our experience in life is, you know, why do we, why do we want to know gossipy things? Because somehow Mm -hmm. knowing something is Mm -hmm. intrinsically valuable. Why do we, why do we pursue things like science as human beings? Well, we want to know what, what is the detail of creation that's around us? Um, Why do we study scripture? And it's because we want to know the God that created us and created all things. And like, why? Why did he do things this way? Like he, all of this concept of knowledge is like this core part of the human experience. And mm. so when I think about God's knowledge, um, being perfect and infinite and all of that, there's this, there's this well of like, if I ever don't know something, either God can reveal it to me or I know I can trust him because he at least knows. Cause not all knowledge is great for me. Yeah. It's
1: not- <laughs> yeah. No, that's <laughs> true.
0: Sometimes knowing is, is not great. Um, yeah. but God perfectly knows what I should know if that mm-hmm. makes sense mm-hmm. and so, yeah, there's security in that, and I think there's tremendous value in God's decision on what He does reveal to us in this story he's telling through creation that's ultimately to to glorify himself and that's a it's a it's a really valuable thing that I see um because he didn't have to do any of it, it's like an act yeah. of grace for him to show us anything.
1: Yeah. I think you, you used uh, one word. You said trust yeah. within that whole conversation. Um, I think that that trust for me, I feel that too. when I think about this, um, and that relationship, but then I think that trust leads to a contentment in me. And that's something that I've been trying to work on is being content. And when I'm looking at these scripture, these passages that support his knowledge and how he knows everything, he knows himself, all these, these topics, Within this subject, uh, and I reflect on those, it it can lead me towards that contentment that I seek. Yeah, um, knowing that it's not reliant upon me and being perfect, and I need to have everything that I want. Right, it's like he he's given me what I what he knows is good, and what he knows is good for me, and I can trust that, and I can be content in that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there's something interesting about the desire to know why things happen and to, to details that maybe aren't super important. Um, like why am I suffering specifically the way I am? We actually have a lot of answers in scripture in that we have, uh, sin was brought into the world, which means creation's fallen and broken. Like we're all going to die and at least the body that we currently have. Uh, We experience sin that we cause others, so we don't worship God with how we behave in relationship to creation, and we get sinned against. There are people who are not worshiping God with their actions in creation that affect us. And so, to some extent, you already know why you're suffering, but it's somehow a, a big deceit can be, if I just knew more detail, I could get on board with this and it's actually then touching more on a spiritual problem, not a head problem. Hmm. Like if I just knew more, I would, I would be fine with it. It's like, um, I'm not, I don't know if I buy that because just look at the life of Christ. Um, You know, when, when Pharisees or people following him were just like, show us more Jesus. So you can prove that you're the Christ. He's like, I already did. Hmm. Knowing more is clearly not the problem. Hmm. You're just really not into worshiping me with your life because I've demonstrated it. It's the, like knowing, like, the, like we just talked about, there's comfort in knowing, yeah. but yet it's clearly not the only attribute of God. And there's all these other aspects to our relationship with him because we, if we I don't have a Bible in my hand, but it's really thick. God's revealed a ton, <laughs> a, an absolute ton to us. And yet people are like, ah, I don't know if I know enough. Oh, oh man, gosh. I'm preaching to myself. Cause I mean, come on, I wish there was more for the past 2000 years but oh, yeah. we don't and need you, anymore
1: you yourself i know from knowing you you value knowledge and information yeah. for and you, you any you of you
0: any Graham front fans out there yeah i'm a five yeah so i'm a full nerd
1: yeah well i have a wing five i'm a four yeah all I, right i think my Let's wing go. is strong on on both sides on the three side yep. i love a checklist uh but then the five i love learning So I'm, i love learning <laughs> that's, that's good so yeah um, that's awesome
0: and so us as as Nerds. Um, wanna just know more. And God gave us what we need in Scripture. You know, the, the sufficiency of Scripture is something we really trust and rely mm, on. That's good. And we build um we build our entire lives on that, on not needing constant new things. Mm-hmm. The novelty of like new new revelation Amen. is not necessary for you to fully trust and obey God's call in your life.
1: Scripture is sufficient yeah hmm. Uh. so Jeff I actually have a question in part of this this chapter he gets into you know obviously one of one of this the points of this attribute is that he knows the future uh, he knows all things so there is objection that come out okay if if he knows all things and he knows this and he's in control of all of this um, how does that how does that apply towards our actions people will say oh then we don't really have, we don't really have the autonomy to be able to, you know, free will, things like that. Yeah. When you think about all that.
0: Yeah. That's a, it's a complicated topic. Um, in some regards, uh, in others, I think it's actually quite simple, but it's not satisfying. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll back up a little bit and say, uh, at some point we'll study the doctrine of God's providence, which is that all of creation, this whole story that God's telling is for the purpose of glorifying himself. Okay, so like there, there is like a this does reduce to something quite small, which is everything in creation, all of it, um, is is made for the point of him showing his glory to creation and for him to be glorified. So we'll stay. That's our basis here. So then there's this issue of free will, and and Wayne Grudem does um, address this a little bit. Um, my mental model is actually one of, <laughs> don't laugh at me, Will, <laughs> a, a autonomous robot. Okay. So for instance, uh, it's just, you could call it an ethical dilemma, but let's take a self-driving car. Who's driving the car when you get in a Tesla? Is the car driving itself or is the software engineer that programmed the hardware driving the car? Who's driving the car? And I'm, i I argue in this very limited, mm. um, broken analogy. Yeah. So it's, this, only goes so far, but I think you could say both. So if I create an autonomous car that knows how to drive in air quotes on its own, I, the programmer who made the software to like make it work and let's say I built the car too. Sure. Let's say I built the whole thing and it can quote unquote drive itself I'm the one, I'm the reason it's driving and making all the decisions. It's like I programmed it to do the things that it does. But then there's also this 100% valid perspective to say that that car is making decisions on its own without my direct input. Hmm. So the car is on its own determining there's a person in the crosswalk. I need to stay stopped, you know, you know, basic stuff like that. And so the the point is not to say, let's get uber precise to say we're cars and God made us to like, you know, drive or whatever. But the point I'm trying to say is there's something, there's something valuable about seeing the insight of it is both I that make decisions and God made me to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 the point is that I think uh, Wayne Grudem makes a great point uh, on page 193 um, that our free our our free will or self determination is much more geared at the reality the decisions that you make have an impact on reality, not that you own reality. So it's basically not like the the outcome of whatever God's story is has zero relationship to the decisions you make. That's not true. Rather, the decisions you do make are what the story God wanted to tell as fascinating that as that is, mm. and so for him to like have a story of redemption, he has to have sinners that's that that he can show grace and mercy towards and I'm thinking Romans nine right now there's vessels of wrath and vessels of mercy in a sinful fallen world, he's decided to go redeem people, and that's because people made sinful choices. Hmm. But in that story of God glorifying himself, this is doctrine of providence here that that's that them those people making sinful choices he still has figured out how to redeem it and make it about glorifying himself. And that's called the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so uh, I don't think the idea of God's sovereignty and his knowledge of how all of this is going to pan out before he even made it all doesn't change my experience that my decisions are real at least for my, from my limited perspective. Cause remember this doctrine is written from a perspective of God, God's perspective. Not, mm-hmm. not me. Mm-hmm. I'm not making God's knowledge. I'm stating God's knowledge is something that's bigger than me. Right. Anyway, that's my,
1: yeah, no, that was
0: good. Explanation of that.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, I know Sean Piper, right? Has has a book called Providence. Oh, it's glorious. That I uh, it's huge. I
0: actually have on my list to read this year. Heck yeah, man. So I got through a third of it. <laughs> and <laughs> not and I didn't stop because it was bad. It was fantastic. It's just really long.
1: Yeah, just life. Life probably happens. Yeah. yeah.
0: But it was amazing up to that point. And spoiler alert on that book. He's basically like, guess what? Every story that he ever told through scripture is about him glorifying himself. Hmm. And the book is so long. It's because John Piper's like, let's go through them all, man. And it's great. And it's hard to walk away from it and be like, yeah, that story is about God glorifying himself. Yep. That story is about God glorifying himself. And it's fantastic.
1: Yeah. So if you want an uh, in-depth analysis and view on all of, on Providence and understanding of Providence, check out that book by John Piper, Providence. Uh, if you want, I think I think Wayne Grudem in his in systematic theology provides a provides information. <laughs> he has like
0: a he has like a thirty or forty page version of providence. Yes. If you want a six hundred and fifty page version of providence, that's yes. John Piper's book. Depending on
1: <laughs> how how deep you want to get into it, um, you can get the short version, which is a sixty page version, or the hundreds of pages with John Piper.
0: Yeah, and and I'll I'll say it like this: God's providence, um, which is like a huge intersection with knowledge cause God knew everything he was going to do to glorify himself, that it doesn't matter how many pages you read on it to be convinced. It's still going to boil down to a spiritual f- uh, issue of faith. Are you going to, with that knowledge? Cause here's the thing, God's revealing all these things about himself to you. And the, the big takeaway is what are you going to do with it? And God, God does, God enjoys us learning about him. And that's, that's, I mean, that's why is Jesus in the temple all the time and wanting to talk to all these teachers and and rabbis and, and learn and grow in knowledge. Like it says in Luke and all these things. Well, it's because that God has a heart of like wanting to know, like relationally, which comes through studying, but God asks you only to trust him.
1: What does Piper always say? God is most satisfied when we're satisfied in him.
0: God's glory is maximized. Um, I'm not. I, <laughs> I think he does
1: say what I'm saying, but he he may also say something. That you're, yeah. You're it, thinking of. It's,
0: it's got God. God receives the most glory when we are most satisfying him. Yeah. It's just, it's concept of Christian hedonism. Yeah. yeah. that's cool. And it's fantastic.
1: Well, yeah. Thanks for that. Um, last question. I think I did have as far as an objection. Some people say that God promises to forget our sins. Um, hmm. For example, he says, "I will not remember your sins in isaiah forty three twenty five um so how how can we understand that as far as God's knowledge? And-
0: Man, that that one, I think, is so much simpler than what people people really get themselves in a in a tizzy about that because like th- to remember is a verb that says, "I'm going to sit and recall for the purpose of this current moment." so uh, when when you're with someone, what are you doing when you're like when I'm relating to you, Will, I'm su- subconsciously and sometimes consciously thinking about our previous interactions. I'm mm-hmm. remembering things. Now, if if let's say in in theory, uh, well, let's bear with my wife. Um, let's talk about my check in where I had a real crappy day and crappy day even towards my wife, Amy. And the reason she's so gracious is because she's going to rem- not take that moment and bring it up to like, put me down mm. instead. She, I, I think I could paraphrase, uh, where we got to was like, I don't want to remember this day, not from like your brain won't remember the day happened, but rather I'm not going to in the fu- in a future interaction, keep this in my mind and have it impact my relationship with you now. Mm. Cause that's what God's doing. He's like, I'm not going to when when you come back to me in the temple and sacrifice for these sins, I'm not going to be like, well, guess what? Uh, you know, I'm going to keep keeping on your sins. I'm never going to forgive you of those. It's it's a I'm going to forget relationally.
1: Hmm. I love that. He'll never again let the knowledge of these sins play any part in the way that he relates to us. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. And that way he forgets because actually uh, um, it was in his incommunicable attributes, his aseity, he's outside of time. Remember he, he experiences every moment in time equally vividly. So it's not that he can't re-experience it, mm. but he, yes, relationally won't hold yeah, it over and, our head.
1: And just to, to add a final, a final point on that, um, even the word remember, remember all, all things at once is uh, one simple act. Well, yeah. he doesn't have to recall anything it's always present at all time yeah um, it's for his knowledge
0: that's right so. that's right dude Will I think that's a, a great place for us to wrap up and for those who who are listening uh, I encourage you again to go uh, follow along in systematic theology with us but uh, Will in the show notes is going to post several passages that are really helpful that outline some more of the details that, uh, that are about this attribute of God, how God's perfect in knowledge. He knows everything. He fully knows himself. He is light and there's no darkness in him. So he can see it all. And he knows the future, all these things, there's passages and it's just great discussion in the book. So um, check out the show notes, go check out systematic theology. And that's just all we're gonna have time for today. Thank you to those who listened to this episode, and we hope that you were encouraged and equipped in truth. Please share this with a friend or a loved one so that others can be reminded of God's truth today. And as always, Thanks for listening to the Culture of Truth podcast. Until next time.
1: See ya.